All right, guys, it's Brad with College Sports Cast. We are presented by the Fanboys, WSBN TV Channel 30, Let's Talk Sports, and we're also on Sideline Sports as well. Hi guys, it's Brad with College Sportscast. I'm not sure I might be doing this one by myself tonight, <clears throat> but welcome into College Sportscast. Um, uh, like I said, we are part of the Fanboys. We are also being featured on Let's Talk Sports, Sideline Sports, and on WSBN TV. I do have that rolling on the bottom of the screen tonight on our ticker. Excuse me, I've got a bug flying in my face. So I've been on Talking Kentucky with Coleman Scott and opening up just a couple of minutes late here. So that was part of the reason why I was opening up late a little bit tonight. But welcome to College Sportscast. And we I am at Bluegrass Brads, um, which is me, by the way. And we are sponsoring... The fanboys, Greenville Sports Media, College Sportscast now. So welcome in. We're going to be doing a lot of baseball talk tonight. We're going to be doing our super regionals and doing some previews on those. Got some college sports news updates and a little bit of, of that stuff that we're going to talk about as well. I'll probably start with the college sports updates. Um, probably start start with a little bit of news that's going on around the college sports world, which this time of year, you know, you don't get a whole lot of news, but uh, you do get some news, um, catch here and there. Uh, so I'll start out with uh, talking about our true victory which is what I'm wearing, by the way. I have on my True Victory shirt tonight, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. Please go and get some cool, really cool, comfortable apparel, and uh, you can get shirts and hoodies and tanks, all hats, you know, all kinds of stuff. So check them out. Scan the QR code to the right of the screen there, and you can shop men's, women's, or accessories. They they have lots of different uh, stuff to check out. And when you get to the checkout, don't forget to use our DeFanboys 15% off code. to get you 15% off. And we would appreciate you guys getting some cool gear and helping us out at the same time. So again, scan that code to the right of the screen. That QR code will take you right to it if you just scan that with us if you are joining us tonight you can uh, 
go to the chat room and chat with us. I'm putting something in there right now. So if you're on with us, um, feel free to chat with us and I will, especially since I'm doing this by myself, we'll kind of just go with it and uh, talk back and forth with, with the chat and everything. So, all right. So college sports news. Let's start with, so there's been a lot of talk lately that Colorado and Arizona are rumored to be going to the Big 12. Nothing official yet, but Deion Sanders is part of this. Um, I don't think Deion's been very happy um, with uh, Pac-12 and the TV deal that's taken forever for them to try to get and work out like well over a year now probably. And uh, they supposedly are close to working something out. But they also said that six, eight months ago, six months ago as well. So, uh, But so the Big 12 is very actively telling that they are talking to at least four members of the Pac-12 at the very least. That's Colorado and Arizona, and also Arizona State and Utah. So they are very actively trying to bring four teams in from the Pac-12. In other news, the Big Ten has also been talking to several teams, and they've been talking to Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Stanford basically, from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is in trouble. Um, they don't have a TV, de TV deal in place past this year. This season is it, uh, which is the revenue, which is the money. Um, and they don't have any after this year. And they have been well over a year trying to work it out. And it's not happening um, you know, they just are not going to get the same numbers that they normally would get. The reason why all this is not happening for them is because UCLA and USC is heading to the Big Ten, and that's their that that's that's their big market. They're losing Los Angeles. They're they're you know that's their big market, and the numbers that they were wanting are far, far, far lower and they're just not getting what they want and nobody's coming to the table and being like, hey, we'll give you even close to what you're wanting or what you're asking for. So, you know, it looks like the Pac-12 is in dire, dire trouble and the Big 12 and Big 10 are ready to scoop up most of the teams. I mean, that would leave Cal, California. I'm trying to think of who the other team would be. 
there's one more team that would leave two teams. If you got if you got those four going to the Big Twelve, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, and you got Oregon, Oregon State. It would be Oregon State. If you got Oregon, Washington, Washington State, and Stanford, it would be Oregon State. Oregon State and California would be the other two teams. Um, so, because they're already losing USC and, and, and UCLA to the Big Ten. So, anyways, that is part of the news that I wanted to get to. Second thing that I want to talk about tonight, right off the bat, real quick, is I want to give some love to the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. Okay? They are about to finish off a historic season. They are 60-1. and one. They're in the top of the fifth, ahead 2-1. to one. About to beat Florida State for the national title. Again, repeated national titles for the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. They are an absolute monster in women's softball. In softball, um, it is unparalleled, to be honest with you. Um, the domination that they are that they have been showing. Um, they lost one game early in the season. They um, win tonight. They finish this game off. This this would be the second game of the best two out of three series, which started yesterday. They won last night five to nothing. Over Florida State, who is was fifty eight and nine, by the way, had a great season. Um, but uh, this Oklahoma women's uh, softball team is really and truthfully unbelievable. So um, I just want to give them their props. They have um, definitely deserve that. They are about to annihilate basically all the competition um, and, and go through undefeated um, in the tournament. Um, and, I mean, like I said, it's two to one right now in the top of the fifth. I did want to put that out there that uh, – the game is currently going on. Go to ESPN, check it out. Um, it is the national championship for the Women's College World Series for softball. And it's game two. So if Oklahoma wins, they are the national champs. Again, repeated. Um, yeah, and it is on right now. So you can go and check that out. Yeah, and it is 
hang on just a minute. That was me. I was trying to share something here. My bad. <laughs> All right. So, move on to that, and we will go into the college baseball regionals. No, wait a second. I got one more topic here that I was going to bring up and that I was going to talk about. So, yesterday, and I actually wrote an article about this with – on Stadium Rant, you can check it out. Um, go to stadiumrant.com, go to college sports articles, and you will see one about uh, powerful leaders going to Washington, D.C. This happened yesterday. Um, Nick Saban, Greg Sankey was there. Also, uh, Mitch Barnhart from Kentucky was there. John Calipari from Kentucky was there. Um, and they are trying to get Congress to vote on at least five pieces of legisl legislation that will help the NCAA be able to federally um, have rules and guidelines and enforce them. And the reason why this is important is right now the NCAA can't really do anything about it because it is being run by individual states. The state governments of individual states is what has the laws set in place for each state meaning the laws in California are different for the laws in Texas. The laws in Texas are different for the laws in South Carolina, which means that the laws are different. They can do different stuff to recruit in Texas, and they can do different stuff to recruit in North Carolina, and they can do different stuff to recruit in Oregon, and they can do different stuff to recruit and do whatever they want to because it's not a level playing field. So, hey, Josh, and you did see me a few minutes ago. Um, it's not a level playing field, and what is needed is, is that there is a lot going on in recruiting that is pay for play. There's a lot going on in transfer portal that is pay for play. There's a lot going on in tampering with the transfer portal. There is a lot going on that's wrong and nothing can be done to enforce anything because they are kind of left powerless because the states have the laws. So with the help of legislation in Washington, Congress, Senate, if it could go through both and pass, then they would have 
the help of the federal law to put in place that would precede these state laws and with one of these things have the power to enforce them, which is much, much needed in the college sports world right now. And I am actually really hoping that that will happen. And I know that a lot of people think that the government shouldn't be involved, but the government's already involved. That's what's been happening. That's why NIL is even in place and existing right now is because the state government levels allowed it to happen. The NCAA had nothing to do with it. The NCAA was holding off actually as long as they can could. And now these individual states have their own laws in place and it's different everywhere. And, you know, it's so from one school to the next, there's, you know, they can't, this school can't do nothing, can't do this, but this school can, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's nothing this school can do and they're going to sweep in over here and they're going to take whatever they want because it's okay over here. So that's the kind of stuff that's going on. And um, hopefully we can get Congress, you know, the NCAA hired the, one of the ex-governors of Massachusetts as the president. They're hoping that he, as a um, ex-governor, uh, will have some relationship with them to encourage them to pass some legislation so that college sports in general, baseball, basketball, football, can survive. Um, I'm hoping that that's the case. And a large group of SEC uh, people, coaches, administration was in Washington, D.C. yesterday for that reason. And I just wanted to put this out there tonight. I done a little rant on it on my show on Tuesday. Catch the last 25, 30 minutes because me and Jason Harrison had a little debate on this topic. And Jason is an ex-player and he sides a little bit more He sides a little bit more um, with the players. And it's not that I don't think the players should get money for what they do. I mean, I was just on Talking Kentucky, and they were talking about that the football players on the new college sport, college football uh, game that's coming out in 2024 are only going to get $500 for the name, image, and likeness. That's ridiculous. Um. I'm not saying it should be five million a piece or nothing, but I mean five thousand dollars for five hundred players that's that's named that's actually named on the game. They're probably not going to have, you know, four thousand players named on the game. I mean, just do. I don't know. 
five or six or eight or ten or something of uh, on each team. You know, I mean, you don't have to have every single player's name on the, you know. But anyway, the players should be getting money. It's not about that. It's about restrictions and it's about laws. It's about pay for play. It's about tampering. It's about a lot of things that's going on that is not good for college sports. It's about a playing field that's the same for a school in North Carolina as it is for a school that's in Texas. That they are on the same restrictions and can't do the same things as the other school. So, that is what it is about with the NIL stuff. So, Josh Hart's been on here with me, and he says they should have never opened this can of worms. This is going to hurt college sports, period. It is hurting college sports. It was actually opened July 1st, 2021. It was done by individual states to begin with. It was not done by the NCAA. It was done by the governments of individual states. Again, check out my article on it um, at Stadium Rent. That's how that's how all of this began. And each state is making their own laws. Each state is um, different. So, you know, it, it, there's just there's a lot of things that needs to be done to save college athletics, if you ask me. And this is definitely one of them. I am all for the players making some money off their name, image, and likeness. It has nothing to do with that. It should be fair. As fair as possible, don't get me wrong, guys, there's always going to be those schools that cheat the system, okay? But if you have these rules in place that I'm talking about, the legislation for these rules in place, then you can, you have the power to enforce your rules. And that is what is needed. You definitely are going to have schools who test the waters and try to push the envelope and try to get away with stuff. It's going to happen. We all know that. Been around long enough to know that. Go look at SMU from the 80s. Um, it's been going on a long time. So it will happen again, but at least if we pass some legislation to give universal guidelines and restrictions and, the, and empower them to be able to enforce them, then we can have something to stand on. And right now we do not. 
So Josh says you are correct. They about never recovered from that. So again, I was just on talk, talking Kentucky with, and Josh was actually on there when I had to jet and I had to run. I stayed on there absolutely, actually a few minutes too long, actually, uh, to start my own show. Uh, but uh, so no, what? Brad's supposed to be on vacation. Brad's not on vacation. I don't know what he's talking about. I told him I was doing, I was having to work. Um, but I was not going to be on vacation. And no idea what Jay is talking about with Greenville Sports Media there. Hey, Jay, true victory. Get you one, man. I got it up on the screen. Scan that, buy you one. Use to fanboys. <laughs> They're good. They're comfy. I like them. Brad was supposed to be on vacation. I thought Jay was on vacation. Gone to some wedding or something. That's what I thought. Brad don't do weddings. <laughs> Just see, so I'll know. <laughs> I've I'm wedding out. Anyways, all right, so True Victory is up on the screen. Scan the QR code to the right of the screen and shop. Use our code to fanboys for a 15% discount. We'd appreciate that. And you can get some really cool, comfortable gear to wear. Uh, there's lots of different stuff to choose from. So check them out. I'm trying to hold off. Uh, John may be joining me. I'm not real sure. He said that he, that uh, John Roberts, one of my partners, said that he might be on around 30 minutes into the show. So I was trying to hold off with some of the baseball talk until John can get on here. Jay says he's leaving shortly. Clemson owns recruiting. Whatever, man. Notre Dame's doing well. Kentucky's hanging in there with with and got Cutter Bowley and hanging in there. Uh, the number three overall quarterback in 2025 that's reclassifying to 2024. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are lots of teams uh, that's doing good in recruiting. Jay is uh, – Josh says Calipari doesn't do weddings either. Okay. Uh, maybe no. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so talking about Calipari just for a minute. So Matt Jones today is riling up the whole fan base, by the way. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure. He woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. I'm not exactly sure what happened to Matt Jones this morning, but he is uh, he is all over the place. Like I said, I was just on the show with Coleman Scott talking Kentucky. Catch me on there. I just done what I believe is a perfect analogy of what's going on with Kentucky basketball. And we have John Calipari who is basically playing poker and being like, man, I like my hand. I'm sticking with what I do. I'm sticking with, with how I recruit. I'm sticking with how my, my past and how I have built my legacy. And I've got my guys, I've got my class I'm even going to build it a little bit more and bring in a few more stellar people from, from 2023, and I, he's pushing all in. And we're going to find out. Is he right? Is that – is he going to have the talent where all these other teams that are getting experienced players, is he going to have the talent to outdo them or not? And we're going to find out. If he does, Swaggy Swaggy Cal is going to stay around Kentucky for a long time. I can tell you that. If he pulls it out and this team gets to the Elite Eight or the Final Four um, and, and, and has that kind of a run, Swaggy Cal is coming back to stay for quite a while at Kentucky. Calipari was talking about it. He's planning on staying six more years and blah, blah, blah. He's got at least that in his contract and all this other stuff just a, a month or two ago. So um, if not, he's pushed all in. He's saying, I ain't worried about NIL. I'm not worried about transfers. I'm not worried about having experience. I'm not worried about trying to bring players back. I mean, you got Reeves right now that, you know, he could be doing everything he could to be getting him back. No, you got Grant Nelson right now that's the number three overall big, six foot 11 from North Dakota State, that he could be all over. Instead, he's okay with the top two places that he's probably going to wind up at being Alabama and Arkansas and being like, you know what? I'm good. So, Here's what's going to happen. Now he's going to have to line them up, jump ball, and he's going to have to play. And these super talented kids are going to have to outplay them. That's just all there is to it. And we're going to find out together whether or not that can actually happen. Because the season's going to start, and we're going to find out if I'm, you know, if I'm allowed to be here, and I stay healthy, and I'm allowed to be here, I'm going to find out with you. And that's where we are. Jay, I've already done a couple of stadium ramp plugs. I don't, I don't, 
you're like you're you're behind, man. <laughs> you're totally behind. I, I don't I don't know where where you've been, but you're behind. I've also done some DeFanboys plugs. There you go. There's you another one. These guys. I'm glad I got some guys on with me um, in the chat, though, because doing this by myself. So it does help to have a, a few people on with me in the chat. So the next thing I'm going to do here, guys, is I'm going to bring up our link tree page. So now to the right of the screen, you have our link tree page. Our link tree page is uh, all one place, one stop where you can find everything we do. You can find our Instagram page. You can find our TikTok page. You can find our Facebook page to follow where we post these shows as well. Um, you can find our YouTube page. You can find our True Victory. You can find True Victory, and you can go right to a link to, the, to shop on True Victory. Uh, Reaper Apparel Company is on there as well that you can shop and, and get a... Uh, 10% discount with them as well. Um, Tumblr. Um, I mean, there is tons of things to check out. All you have to do is go to our link tree page. And I put up the wrong thing here. I'm just now noticing that. That was the real fresh channel thing. So anyway, here it is. Link tree page. Um you can follow us at linktree slash college sportscast or to the right of the screen here, you can scan our code. You can scan that code to take you right to our linktree page. And uh, you can check out any and everything we do. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can go to our DeFanboys page where our YouTube and iHeartRadio is on there. Um, you can go to WSBN TV. Our Channel 30 page is on there. So there is tons of stuff for you to check out. And just scan the code or go to Linktree slash College Sportscast to do that. All right. So I got the right thing up now. Sorry. I uh I had the wrong had the wrong thing up there for just a minute. Now is when I was gonna put up Howie's thing. So Howie is the one that has the real fresh channel and he does lots of different stuff. We're featured on there on Sundays when we do our Sunday shows. We haven't currently been doing that, but he has lots of other stuff on there. And this is Howie, and I'm going to let him do Howie Fresh, by the way. And I'm going to let him do some talking. 
Hey, I am Hal Fresh here to tell you about the Real Fresh channel. That's right, YouTube.com/slash The Real Fresh channel. We are a network aiming to bring you various content each and every day, different types of podcasts, different type of content, uh, anything from college sportcast uh, and fresh takes for some sports. We also got you want to do what? We got the wrestling corner. We got live streams. Just go over to YouTube.com/slash The Real Fresh channel and hit us up today. Thank you for uh, checking it out. Appreciate your time. All right, guys. That was Howie Fresh with the Real Fresh channel. He is a part of our Defend Boys team, and he does a pro sports podcast, um, and he does a wrestling podcast for us at uh, defanboys.com check us out and he has his own page their channel called the real fresh channel on youtube and hey i am how fresh here to tell you about the real fresh channel that's right youtube.com slash the real fresh channel we are a network aiming to bringing you various content each and every day different types of podcasts different type of content uh, anything from college sportcast uh, and fresh takes for some sports. We also got you want to do what? We got the wrestling corner. We got live streams. Just go over to youtube.com slash the real fresh channel and hit us up today. Thank you for uh, checking it out. Appreciate your time. All right, guys. Bad. I didn't mean to do that twice. <laughs> I was trying to move the cursor and it clicked it. So anyways, I was trying to actually take it off and move the cursor and it clicked it a second time. But anyway, that's my bad. But hey, you got to see Howie twice. Again, he's part of the fanboys. Uh, so you got to see Howie twice. Can't beat that, right? All right, so our own official page, uh, merch page is there to the right of the screen now. College Sportscast, you can catch and get our logos um, on a shirt there. And you can also do, we have a basketball, one for a couple for football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, softball. Um, so we have lots of different uh, designs uh, on different shirts for different sports and you can check us out there while you are watching use our code watch cs cast for a 15 percent discount so if you watch our show and you hear me whether that's watching live or watching in a replay and you are someone who watches our show you will know that there is a way to get a 15 percent discount on our official merch page. Just use the, our code WATCHCSCAST at checkout and you can get 15% off. So I'm going to leave that up on the screen there for you guys for a while. And I'm not sure if John's coming or not, but uh, we're going to get to... Some college baseball. 
the super regionals are starting tomorrow, actually. Um, so we have four of the eight super regionals starts tomorrow, and then the other four start on Saturday. And the four that start tomorrow play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if necessary. And then the ones that start on Saturday play Saturday, Sunday, and Monday if necessary. These are best two out of three series. So you have to win two to make it to the winner of these or is going to There'll be eight teams left, and they actually get to go to Omaha. This is the road to Omaha. Uh, this is the College World Series. So the winner of these rounds goes to the College World Series, College Baseball World Series, which is a huge, huge deal. Making it to the Super Regional is a huge, huge deal. And I'm going to start out talking about Indiana State and TCU. Indiana State and TCU. Indiana State was actually the, the number one overall seed in their region. They were the 14, 14 uh, number one seed, but they got to host this past weekend, and they won their region at home as the number one seed. They are having to play at TCU because Indiana State, their town, the city that they are from, is hosting a national Special Olympics, and they don't have any hotel rooms and stuff like that for the – opposing teams, opposing team, <clears throat> so they can't accommodate them. And uh, it was given to TCU to host this round instead of at Indiana State, which is a bad deal for them. But um, TCU is helping them raise money for the Special Olympics um, and asking everybody to, to give to the Special Olympic Olympics um, and support them. So you do have that. But, so I want to get to um, these games. So you got Indiana State versus uh, TCU, the Horn Frogs. Um, it starts at 5 o'clock Eastern time on ESPNU tomorrow night, Friday night. Um, Indiana State won on Sunday 11-8 against Iowa. Uh, Keegan Watson led Indiana State in the victory. He went one for three with a home run and three RBI in that game. And then TCU um, walloped Arkansas twice um, over the weekend, 20-5 uh, the first time. And they won 12 to 4 on Monday against Arkansas. 
Curtis Bryan finished the contest as the best offensive producer, going four for five with two doubles, no, with a double, two home runs, and two RBIs in the win. Do a little bit, dig a little bit more into this Indiana State. Um, on offense for the season, has put up six runs per game. In the playoffs, they have upped that to eight runs per game. TCU is surrendering 5.7 runs per game um, and only four runs a game in the postseason. In a, for Indiana State, in 11 games where they have tallied six-plus runs, the Sycamores are 10-1. and one. They have been a part of five one-run games and are two and three in those contests. TCU lineup is averaging 8.1 runs per game, 12 runs per game in the playoffs, while Indiana State is only giving up 4.5 runs per game um, and 5.7 in the playoffs. TCU has a 28-10 and 10 record when scoring six or more runs. Um, Indiana State's Adam Pottinger is hitting 400 with a 500 on-base percentage and over 1,000 uh, slugging percentage in the NCAA tournament. He is four for 10 with two home runs and three RBI. Grant Mag Magel, Mag Magel, Magel, maybe, is three for nine with two doubles, seven RBI. He's batting 333. And then Watson is two for six with a home run and three RBI. So TCU's been really hot. Burns been swinging really hot for TCU, uh, but he's not the only one. Trey Richardson had two grand slams in one game um, and beat the crap out of Arkansas, twenty to five. So you know, and it's being played at TCU. It's going to be very hard for Indiana State, I think, um, to to match the the power that TCU has has been – has showed um, lately. So look for – I look for TCU to advance in this region, especially since they're getting to play it at home. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Duke at Virginia. It starts at noon – tomorrow, Eastern Time, on ESPN2. The Cavs beat East Carolina 8-3. to um, Kyle Teal led Virginia in the win, going 4-5 with a double and a home run with two RBI. And the Blue Devils beat Coastal Carolina 12-3 on Monday. Giovanni... Giacomo 
led Duke going two for four with a home run and two RBI. I'm terrible with names, by the way. So, anyways, um, Virginia lineup is got averaging nine point one runs per game. Um, they are thirty eight and three when totaling six or more runs in a game. So. That is a telltale sign. If Virginia is scoring over six runs, they are 38-3. and three. Duke averages 8.2 uh, runs per contest, and the Blue Devils are 28-7 and seven when they have scored five-plus runs. In the... Region round, uh, Virginia's Teal was 7 for 12 with a double and a home run and four, four RBI. Ethan Anderson is batting 273, 3 for 11 with a double home run and four RBI for Virginia. Um, Anthony Stephen, Stefan, maybe. Is batting 417. He's five for 12 with a double home run and four BI. And uh, Ethan O'Donnell has a home run and three RBI as well for Virginia. On the offense, MJ Metz has been pivotal for their offense. Um, he's gone eight for 18 with a double, four home runs, and eight RBI for Duke. He's been producing big-time numbers at the plate, um, so look for him to continue to do that. If Duke is going to make some noise in this region, it is played at Virginia. Virginia was the one seed, um, so uh, and uh, Duke was not. So Duke was a two or three. I can't remember now. Damian Lux. Is five for 13 with two doubles, two home runs, and eight RBI in the uh, postseason as well. And then the uh, DG Acomo, <laughs> maybe, uh, is five for 13 with a double home run and two RBI. So that is a little bit of preview on those two games for you guys. And then I'm going to go to – I don't have John on here with me. John knows a little bit more about baseball than I do. So um, y'all bear with me. I'm going to give you a little bit of stats and stuff that, that I have here to go on. The next one we'll talk about is Oral Roberts at Oregon. This also starts tomorrow. It's on ESPNU tomorrow night at 8 Eastern time is when this one starts. Oregon has been averaging 7.3 runs per game this year. Uh, the Ducks have racked up three or more runs in 45 games. They're 37 and eight in those contests. Ole Roberts is scoring 10 runs per game. 
In the playoffs, they're averaging 15 runs per game. The Eagles are 6-0. The Golden Eagles, or Roberts, is 6-0 when totaling six-plus runs in one-run contest. They are they haven't had any all season long one run contest. Oral Roberts has either won 21 or 22 straight games, by the way. Oregon is a two seed. Oral Roberts was a four seed in their region. Um, so this one's kind of up for grabs. Um, Oral Roberts is 49 and 11 overall. They've won 21 or 22 straight games. It is played at Oregon, um, and, you know, that's going to be an advantage to be in Eugene. Um, but at the same time, don't count out this old Roberts team. Um, they have been flat, putting up some runs and winning games. Um I mean, they got guys going three for five, a home run, six RBIs. Um, here's another guy that's three for five, a home run. Like I said, they have averaged 15 runs per game so far in the postseason. Look for Oral Roberts to make a little noise out in Eugene. That's my little tidbit. Then we're going to go to South Carolina and Florida. South Carolina and Florida were both one seeds. Florida was a two overall one seed, and, and South Carolina was 15. Both SEC schools, this ought to be a really great contest. It also starts tomorrow at 6 Eastern time on ESPN2. Um, the Gators defeated Texas Tech 6-0 on Monday to get there, and the Gamecocks um, beat Campbell 16-7 to get there. Um, Florida is scoring 8.6 contests per game. The Gators are 35 and 4 in when they uh, score six plus runs. So that'll be a key uh, component for the Gators. Um, it is played in Gainesville. So that's going to be a plus for them as well. Um, South Carolina can score runs, though. They've averaged eight and a half runs per game, and they have averaged 13.7 runs per game in their four games in the playoffs. So they can score runs. So can Florida. They got some good hitters. Um, so, you know, Caglione is down there. So, I mean, he's a great hitter. Um, and – this ought to be a really entertaining series, super regional to keep your eye on between South Carolina and Florida.
Gamecocks on six or more runs. They are 34 and one. For Florida, you got Wyatt Langford, you got Josh Riviera, you got Jack Caglione, um, Tyler, Tyler Sheldon. Um, these are the ones to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, Braylon Wimmer is a catalyst for South Carolina's offense. So when Wimmer gets things going, South Carolina usually gets going. And they can score runs in bunches. So that ought to be a really entertaining series. Those four games are the Friday four series are the Friday series for the Super Regionals. Um, so we, we we got started with those. Um, I will say, I with it being at Florida, I do expect to see Florida win this win that series, but it would not surprise me if South Carolina makes a little bit of noise and has a chance to win that as well. Um, but out of those four that we just talked about, the one that I think that might be able to get there that was not expected to be there is Old Roberts. Look for them to make a little noise, and I think if we're looking for a uh, sleeper team, I'm going to pick them um, to make the College World Series. All right, then I'm going to get to the Saturday series. And the first one I'm going to get to is Alabama at Wake Forest. These are two number one seeds as well. You got the 16 in Alabama going against the number one overall at Wake Forest. Wake Forest has three really good quality pitchers. That is part of how they have taken over college baseball. It was supposed to be LSU, uh, but Wake Forest has made some noise. So, um, Josh, did you hear about the cool thing Indiana State did? Yes, because of the Special Olympics. And TCU is actually supporting Indiana uh, Special Olympics as well, uh, telling their fans to support. Uh, they're putting it out on social media and everything uh, for the fans that they're actually – for the fans that are buying tickets, they're actually giving to uh, a little bit of that money, I think, going to the Indiana Special Olympics. So it's a big deal, and TCU is helping support that. I just am not sure that Indiana State's going to be able to overcome playing at TCU. I think they would have had a shot at home. TCU is really swinging the bats. So – I just am not real sure if they're going to have the shot to do anything. Um, but it is a cool story. 
Um, so the first one here I'm talking about on Saturday is Alabama at Wake Forest. It'll start on Saturday at noon on ESPN. Like I said, Wake Forest is the number one overall seed. Alabama was a one seed and the 16th one um, to host their region. Wake Forest is scoring 9.3 runs per contest, 12 in the postseason. Um, in 42 games, they've scored four more runs, and they are 40-2 and two in those contests. Um, so Alabama is putting up 8.1 runs per game, but only seven and a half in the postseason. So they went down a little bit. But Wake Forest has only given up 3.3 runs per contest. But get this number. They give up zero. Zero. In the region round. Their pitching is what's getting them there. They got three really good pitchers. I'll name them here in a little bit. I don't have it pulled up right now. This is talking about batting. You got Justin Johnson for them, Pierce Bennett, Nick Kurtz, and Tommy Hawk are the ones that's doing most of the damage for Wake Forest. Um, Alabama, you got Andrew Pickney um, that's helped carry the Alabama offense. Caden Rose is another one. Mac Gaschetti. Kobe Shelton are some names that have been doing some damage in the playoffs for Alabama. Um, like I said, this is at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is the number one overall seed. And I told you that I would get you the names. Rhett Louder, Sean Sullivan, and Josh Hartle are the three aces that is fueling the best team in the country, and that's Wake Forest. They have given up zero zero runs in their region. Now, Alabama's coming in there um, and is going to try to sneak a win out of one of the two and have a rubber match um, on Monday. These will be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, if necessary, best two out of three games or series so uh, I just wanted to throw those out. And then the next series that I have is the Tennessee series, right? Yeah. All right. So the next series that I have on the screen is Tennessee at Southern Miss. Now, this is the one where there was a little bit of controversy over this.
is Tennessee thought they were going to be able to host this super regional. They were both two seeds in their in their region. Clemson beat um, I mean Tennessee beat Clemson, sorry. Um, and uh, out as the they were the one seed and Southern Miss come out of the Auburn bracket hosting uh, and so they were both two seeds. Tennessee had a higher RPI, higher strength of schedule, and a higher ranking and thought they were going to be able to host this super regional. And the NCAA voted to give it to Southern Miss. Now, they too take into consideration other things besides that. And sometimes it has to do with accommodations for fans, for players, for families. So I'm not sure if there was some kind of accommodation um, schedule conflict for Knoxville this coming this weekend or not. But for whatever reason, it was given to Southern Miss, and Tennessee didn't really like it. Their coach was even talking about it the other morning um, on Monday, I think it was when it was announced Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I think. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of uproar uh, from the Tennessee faithful um, about this, but it is being played in Hattiesburg, Mississippi at Southern Miss. So um, they were both two seeds. Tennessee is, like I said, ranked higher, R- higher RPI, higher strength of schedule. It begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. It's going to be on ESPNU. The Eagles beat uh, Penn 11-7 on Monday. Dustin Dickerson led the team to the win, went, go, went two for five with a home run and four RBI. And the Volunteers actually beat Charlotte on Sunday. Uh, Christian Moore for them went two for two with two home runs and four RBI to seal the victory. They beat them nine to two. Southern Miss is putting up 6.1 runs per game, 6.7 in the playoffs, while Tennessee is only giving up 2.7 in the playoffs. Um, 18 games, Southern Miss has tallied six-plus runs. They are 15-3 and three in those games. So six runs would be um, a good measuring stick um, for Southern Miss to get a win. Tennessee is averaging 8.1 runs per game, um, and Southern Miss is giving up 4.3 runs per game. When totaling six runs or more, Tennessee is 31 and 1. So whoever can get to six runs first is probably going to win these games. I'm probably going to take Tennessee in this, even though it is being played at Hattiesburg. Um, it would be a cool story um, if Southern Miss from Hattiesburg, little Hattiesburg, Mississippi, can make the College World Series. Um, but I already said I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm probably going to going to take Tennessee 
in in this series to make it to the College World Series. Um, Southern Miss, Dickerson, uh, that I mentioned up there before, Danny Lynch, uh, Rodrigo Montenegro, and Carson Palto. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Are the players to watch for the Golden Eagles? Um, they all hit really well to win their region. Um, for Tennessee, you've got Moore, um, who went seven for ten, two doubles, four home runs, and eight RBI in three postseason games. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying. Zane Denton uh, went three for 12, but had three home runs and five RBI. Griffin Merritt um, had a double, a home run, and three RBI. So those are some play. Those are some players to watch for Tennessee in that series. And then the last two series that I want to get to. Uh, um, the first one I'm bringing up is Kentucky at LSU. I'm going to give Coach Mangione some real credit here. Uh, they won their 40th game after losing game two. They had to to Indiana, five to three. They had to go back down, shut out West Virginia, and beat Indiana twice to make this super regional, and they done it. Um, it happens less than twenty percent of the time, and it was at home, so that helped. And the home crowd was awesome. The atmosphere was awesome at Kentucky Proud Park over the weekend. And I am a proud Kentucky fan, and I am very happy that they are there. Coach Mangione should definitely be safe with his job for the next couple of years. He is the only Kentucky baseball coach to ever make the Super Regional round, and he has now done it twice. Done it his first year in 2017. Had a lot of players back in 2018 and didn't, and has been taking some heat. But he pieced together a team this year with several transfers that not a whole lot of teams, big teams, SEC teams, wanted. And he's done a marvelous job, has a great pitching staff. They have a more kid that's awesome. Darren Williams is a pretty good pitcher. And and done and done a lot, and then Zach Lee is stellar. Now, all that said, they're going up against the preseason number one and LSU at LSU. LSU has probably two of the LSU 
LSU has anyway, they have two of the top major league baseball draft picks on their team. Cruz, Dylan Cruz, and Paul Skeens, a pitcher. The pitcher. Paul Skeens will probably start Saturday. Um, I'm not sure what Mangion will do with Zach Lee. If he'll go up against Skeens and try to beat him with Zach Lee. Zach Lee is a heck of a pitcher. Strikeout, I mean, he's he's a really good pitcher. Got good movement, great pitches. Um, I've, I've watched him a couple of two or three times this year. He's been stellar all season long. I'm not exactly sure what he'll do here. I don't know if he'll wait and pitch Sunday and try to get the win on Sunday for the rubber match. Or do you go ahead and try to knock off Paul Skeens? Because LSU puts up runs. All right. It starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday, sorry, um, on ESPN. Uh, LSU beat Oregon State 13-7 to on Monday. Dylan Cruz was 3-4 for four with a home run. Um, and the Wildcats, Kentucky, um, they beat Indiana 4-2. to two. Devin Burks was two for three with a double in the victory and was a key player in that victory. They had three doubles in the sixth inning to score two runs to take the lead and win. LSU averages 9.7 runs per contest. They have averaged 10 in the playoffs. Kentucky give up 4.2 runs per game, but they're only giving up 2.6 runs in the playoffs. Their pitching is what keeps them in contest. Um, when LSU scores six or more runs, 41 games, they're 38 and three. So Kentucky scores 7.2 runs per game. They've averaged 7.4 in the playoffs. And LSU gives up 4.5 runs per game. So they give up a few more runs than, than Kentucky does. I mean, of course, you've got Dylan Cruz. You've got Hayden Travinsky. Uh, Gavin Dugas. Cade Beloso. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um Devin Burks is, is absolutely key to Kentucky. Um, he is their catcher. He is their leader. Uh, he's six for 13 in the playoffs in five games with two doubles, two home runs, and seven RBI. Hunter Gilliam, Gilliam is uh, also key to Kentucky. Um, he's had two doubles, a home run, and eight RBI. Nolan McCarthy, um, 
has a double, two home runs, six RBI. And Jace Felker has two doubles and an RBI, um, batting around 300 in the playoffs. So I want to get to this. They played a weekend series at LSU in mid-April. Kentucky lost the first game like 13 to 10. Come back and won the second. They beat them. And they had a rubber match. This was in Baton Rouge. Had a rubber match on Sunday. Kentucky took the lead late in the game, a one-run lead. Um, and in the bottom of the eighth, LSU scored two and beat Kentucky by one run. It was either seven to six, I think is what the score was, or eight to seven. I think it was seven to six. Kentucky was really close to closing out the weekend series with LSU. I don't know if they can do that this time. I mean, beating Paul Skeens is is very tough. Um, going through that lineup without getting hammered is tough. Kentucky does have some really great pitchers. It's going to be a tough weekend. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I'd love to see Kentucky win this. I hope they do. It's going to be a tough series. Um, if I was a betting man, I'm betting on LSU. So let's just put it that way. All right. Then we're going to finish up with Texas at Stanford. And this is a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday possible uh, game as well. It will begin at 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on ESPN2. The Cardinals knocked off Texas A&M 7-1. And Texas won 10-6 over Miami. Um, is how the two teams got there. Stanford is like the number four overall team in the country. Um, rankings, they were eighth in the number one seeds. Um, but they've averaged eight-point runs per contest, 8.8 .8 in the playoffs. Um, they're 31-4 and four when scoring six or more runs. Texas has averaged seven runs per game in the playoffs. And Texas is 25 and three when tallying six or more runs. So for Stanford, uh, Tommy Troy is one of their best hitters. He went nine for 16, two home runs and seven RBI um, in their region. Eddie Park. Seven for 17, a home run and four RBI. Drew Bowser is was 413, a home run and two RBI. And Alberto Rios went five for 16 with a home run and four RBI. That was for Stanford. For Texas, um, Mitchell Daly 
helped them to a couple of postseason wins, uh, going two for five with a home run. Jared Thomas had a double and an RBI in two games. Uh, Garrett Gilometti uh, had, had a good game. And then Dylan Campbell um, is, is another name to keep your eye on. He went three for eight with a double and two RBI in two postseason games. So they, they switch it up and, and have a different lineup here and there. Um, and uh, so a lot of their players only played in a couple of games um, for – but they did win their series on Saturday. I think theirs ended on Saturday. Yep. 10-6 to 6 over Miami on Saturday. So, anyways, um, in this one, I – do kind of expect Stanford to to win this series, um, and, and that would kind of conclude these super regional rounds. I'm sorry that John Roberts wasn't on here with me tonight. Um, I was on talking Kentucky before. We didn't exactly get to. Um, he did send me a message, but I haven't seen him so. Um, we will try to get back on schedule for next week and preview the College World Series games. Uh, go Cats! I'm hoping Big Blue Nation surprises LSU and knocks them off. Um, preseason LSU, that's all the talk was, is, is that they were College World Series or, or, you know, or nothing. And I'm hoping it's nothing, especially now that they're playing Kentucky. Um, like I said, they have probably maybe the top two uh, picks in the MLB draft. I know they'll probably be top five. Um, I, I would almost guarantee you that um, with Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens um, in Baton Rouge, it's a tough it's a tough road to hold for for the Cats. Uh, but then being in the Super Regional and being there and having a shot. And if they could pull off a win Saturday or Sunday and get to Monday, it would be a huge, huge um, deal for the Batcats that Kentucky fans likes to call them. So, uh, all right, while I've been talking about all of this, I've had the College Sportscast merch page up on the right of the screen. You can scan that code, use our code WATCHCSCAST, and you can pick out our custom art logo shirts. You can pick out our uh, football. We have basketball, softball, volleyball, baseball, um, soccer. Uh, we have a design there for all sports. And uh, check them out. Use our code C Watch CSCast for a fifteen percent discount. All right, guys. I'll leave that up on the screen there for you guys to uh, check that out for our um, merch for just a, a little bit longer. Oh, 
I'll talk about our home for our troops. Home for our troops is Defend Boys, um, a nonprofit organization that we're asking everybody to give to for 2023. Um, they've been around for 20 plus years building homes for injured and wounded vets. Um, and for every dollar that you give, um, over 90 cents of that dollar goes towards building those homes. They will do that anywhere. So if they're from Texas and they want to move to, I don't know, Hawaii, they will build them a home um, as long as it's um, within the states. And that's Hawaii's in the states. So they will build them a home and uh, cost free to them. And they do that through the help of you guys and of all of us. So you can go to www.hfotusa.org to give. All right. So some closing thoughts here. Trying to get that up on the screen, and I'm going to take off my college sportscast swag there. Widen out my screen here, give myself a little elbow room. <laughs> all right, so my closing thoughts is this. John Calipari has went all in, and I believe that um, it's going to be a make-or-break season for John Calipari and Kentucky basketball. Um, that is my closing thought of the day. Um, John Calipari has always been an innovator, uh, a leader, and right now he seems really set in his way that has worked for him for the last 15 or 20 years. He has a spectacular 2023 class coming in. He's even so set in it that he's not going after a guy like Grant Nelson uh, from North Dakota State who averages plus 18 points, almost nine and a half rebounds, is a rim protector, can shoot to three, and can drive the lane as well. So not worried about him that he's being like, okay, he can go to Alabama or Arkansas where they're already loading up players. Musselman and Oates is doing a well of a job. Already been ahead of Kentucky the last year or two. And he's like, ah, Grant Nelson can go there. As far as what I'm hearing, both of those teams are two of the leaders for Nelson and that he's likely going to end up at one of the two. Now, he's also not – Calipari's also like, ah, NIL, we're, NIL, we're not going to pony up and start guaranteeing money. Uh, he's behind on that. He's, you know, not terribly worried about returning players. Uh, you know, so he's saying, you know what, I like my hand. And I'm going all in, and that's what he's doing. And uh, that's to me, that's what he's done so much so that he's now after three more potential freshmen, Jordan Burks, 
Joey Hart and Sumpto from Overtime Elite. Seven-footer, 250 pounds, supposed to be a beast and a monster inside, slams everything, kind of like a baby shack from what I'm told. Rebounds well, slams everything home, slams it hard, tries to break the backboard, um, baby shack style from from what I'm from what I'm hearing. So it's uh, got a great class. Could bring these guys in and maybe, just maybe, Calipari says, you know what, guys, I told you, and he says, I'm I'm going to bring the swag back, and you guys ain't going to do nothing about it. Or maybe college basketball's change and experience is going to mean something. Who knows? We don't know yet. But what I will tell you is this. John Calipari has pushed his chips all in on 2023. And we're going to all find out together on how this all plays out. And with that, I gave you guys my closing thoughts. Go to True Victory. Use the fanboys for a 15% discount. Y'all have a good night. We'll see you next week for a recap of Super Regionals.